I'm Deidre. And I'm Chelsea. And we're giving you a million murders. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back. This is our 100th episode. Woo! It's happening. It's happening. I it's mean, it's here. Yes. It's here. Now, technically, it's not our true 100th episode because we've had Thanksgiving bonuses, Christmas bonuses, one year anniversary bonuses, all that jazz. But as far as like strictly cases that we have done in that matter, it yeah. is the. 100th case and story 100th yes so yay it's happening and for the 100th episode i will be doing the zodiac killer yeah yes. some people's been asking about that one yes so we're gonna do zodiac it's gonna be a two-parter so 100th and 100th and second <laughs> 102nd episode what have you may yes will be zodiac killer so. zodiac yes so, i like this one i i do too and i need us to solve it obviously if you've never heard of the zodiac killer i don't know how but you know it's unsolved mm-hmm. and it's one of the greatest unsolved cases in america so i'm gonna go ahead and get started Mm. (laughs) okay so the zodiac killer was directly linked to at least five murders in northern california in 1968 and 1969 but possibly responsible for more he would taunt police and made threats through letters he would send to local newspapers from 1969 to 1974 before disappearing altogether As we all know, this case is unsolved, like I just said, but I'm hopeful that we will find them in our lifetime, like I really am. Like, it's going to happen. It's got to happen. All this DNA stuff and, you know, the prints that they have, I think they still have one latent print. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. From, um, or they have DNA from a stamp. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe the stamp DNA isn't strong enough i think they can only do like one test of it because that's how much dna they have yeah and then if it gets messed up they don't have more they don't have it yeah so you know it's very very tricky so the story starts with two teens 17 year old david faraday and 16 year old betty lou jensen the two were at a gravel parking area along lake herman road in the eastern outskirts of vallejo california They were on their first date together. David was the all-American kid, a good student, a boy scout, and a handsome young man. And Betty was a talented artist and a popular student with many friends. They met at a youth function and soon started visiting each other at school. The couple talked about attending a Christmas event and promised Betty Lou's mother they would be back home by 11 o'clock. So 11 o'clock p.m., Okay. Yeah, I'm like, this isn't like an early Christmas morning event. Yeah. This is, or, you know. So according to some accounts, they were planning to attend the Christmas event, but for some reason decided to go to Lake Herman Road and parked David's station wagon at a Lover's Lane spot. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So this is a lover's lane kind of situation. So passing drivers remembered seeing David's station wagon at the spot, but no one knows exactly what happened that night. The exact chain of events isn't known, but the evidence showed that at 11.15 p.m., the two teens were trapped in the car during the attack. Mm. So the vehicle's passenger door was open, and a bullet had penetrated the roof of the vehicle. Another bullet passed through a back window, and ten shell casings were found around the crime scene. There were oh, there was no indication of sexual assault or robbery. David's body was found on the ground near the back wheel of the passenger side. One bullet had penetrated his skull behind the left ear and entered his brain. Betty Lou's body was found further away from the station wagon, an indication that she had tried to run away, but the killer shot her five times in the right side of her back. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's terrible. Like, it's a bad, yeah. you know. And Betty Lou died at the scene, but David was still alive when officers arrived and then became unresponsive and passed away before reaching the hospital. Mm. Yeah, so this is, you know, the first known 100% known um, murder, like, attack from the Zodiac Killer. And while Betty and David are traditionally considered to be, I just, if I would just read, <laughs> considered to be two of the Zodiac's victims, there were other suspects in the case as well. So in the early 90s, former Vallejo Police Department Detective John Lynch said he believes the couple was killed due to David learning of a major drug deal and talked openly about who was involved. Um, Other sources thought the Zodiac wasn't responsible because no taunting letters or phone calls were received until months after the murders. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, once the Zodiac did come forward and take responsibility for their murders, he provided many details that weren't released to the public. So, you know, some people think it was because he found out information he wasn't supposed to, and he wasn't even a part of the Zodiac. But how would the Zodiac know all that information? Yeah, You know, so you just, it's like, hmm, okay. (laughs) Unless he knew the killer, and there were two killers, you know, but. Yeah. Anyway, so needless to say, David and Betty's murders horrified and terrified the community that a mad gunman was on the loose. By the end of 1969, many people wondered if the murders would be ever. By the end of 1969, many people wondered if their murders would ever be solved. But sadly, things were just beginning. So you know, people are just like, "That was terrible. What happened to them?" No mm-hmm. one knew, yeah, what was about to unfold, and that things were gonna get worse. So, on the Fourth of July of the following year in 1969. 22-year-old Darlene Farron and her friend, 19-year-old Michael Majo, sat inside a car at Blue Rock Springs Park, located approximately two miles northwest of the crime scene on Lake Herman Road. Mm. So these are really close. Like, this isn't like, oh, this one was 10 miles away or something. Like, no, these were right there beside each other. I mean, pretty close. So Darlene was a waitress working at a place called Terry's Restaurant and was married with a young child, and Michael was single and worked as a laborer. A car entered the area of the park where they were, then abruptly left, which, I mean, just think about this. Like, you're in a car with your friend, and you see this car come up, 
And you're like, okay, like somebody's here and then they leave. And it's just like, why did they, you know, and then about five minutes later, the vehicle came back, parked behind them and the driver stepped out of his vehicle. So like now you're trapped. Like, oh, it's just so creepy. And like, I love the movie Zodiac and we'll get to probably get to in the second part, Mm -hmm. you know, about who they kind of view as the main suspect. Like they kind of pinpoint one guy and Mm -hmm. they kind of view him as the killer near the end of the movie. Um, But this scene in the movie is like, so scary to me because the, uh, it's just, Ooh, I don't know. It's just so creepy. So, you know, they're sitting there Michael and Darlene initially thought that the man was a police officer. He had shined a flashlight on them as he approached the car. So Michael started to reach for his wallet when he suddenly heard a muffled sound and felt a pain in his back and neck area. What? Yeah. I mean, Ooh, Ooh. So he had heard more muffled sounds that sounded like a gun with a silencer going off and felt those pains again. He tried climbing over the back seat to get away from the shooting, but the man continued to shoot again and again. Once he stopped shooting at him, he turned to Darlene and started shooting her again and again. Then the man turned around and started to walk back to his vehicle. Mm -hmm. So like just came up started shooting at them, just, I mean, blitzed them, like just attack, and then left. He was walking away. Well, Michael couldn't tell if he meant to yell at the man or if it was just out of pain, like he just can't remember. But he made a sound, made like some type of yell, and the man heard him. And he came back to the car and shot Michael two more times, once in the back and once in the left leg. Then he casually walked back to his car and he left. Mm-mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. Around eight to ten minutes after the attack, a car with three young hippie types came by and it was two boys and a girl. So when I'm saying hippie types, I don't know. I can't remember if hippie. I think hippie is kind of not used as a good term. Um, but this is coming from the actual police report from that time. Mm -hmm. So um, this is, you know, coming from an account, like an actual account. So back then they were like a hippie type. Mm -hmm. So free spirited people, you know, but anyway, I didn't want people to think I'm just like calling people hippies. If that's bad, (laughs) just covering myself (laughs) just in case. So, yeah. Um, So Michael said he waved and yelled to them to come and get help you know, and to go get a doc, like, come help us and get a doctor. Right. So the teens found help. And within five to 10 minutes, the police arrived on the scene. So I mean, really quick, like this is all happening pretty fast. And um, Michael and Darlene were taken to the hospital. Um, Michael said that the best he could describe the man would be about five foot eight, heavy set, Beefy build, about 195 to 200 pounds, and possibly with short, light brown, almost blonde, curly hair. And he could only remember seeing the side profile of his face, mm-hmm. but that it was a large face. Nothing else stood out to him. Um, he was driving a brown colored car that resembled a Corvair like Darlene's, um, but it may have been just a little lighter in color. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've got this like 5'8", stocky built guy, short, light brown hair, almost blonde, curly kind of hair. And, um, you know, in a car similar to Darlene's. So around 1240 a.m. of July 5th, Vallejo police dispatcher Nancy Slover answered a call from a man saying he was responsible for the shooting at Blue Rock Springs Park. Nancy was surprised when the man claimed he was also responsible for the murders on Lake Herman Road. He also admitted to being the killer of those kids last year. As it. Yeah, like, you know, he's just... I just... I'm just going to let you finish it. <laughs> All I was going to say was... um. He said he was the killer of those kids last year as well before hanging up the phone. So, like, he's literally calling and being like, yeah, I did that. And I did the one, you know. Over on. Yeah, over on, like, Herman Springs. Because the time difference between these is like, let me see. When was that? I know I just said it, but. Yeah, so it was the year before, because they were going to that Christmas event. Oh, yeah, yeah, So. That following July. Yeah, 69. yeah, 1968, and then 1969 in July. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I guess he's talking about the two, like, I guess he's calling them those kids last year. So, and he said the Lake Herman Road murders. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, and then he hung up the phone. I mean, imagine being that lady, that phone operator. She's like, what? Hello? And then he's just gone. He's just like, I killed those kids. Hey, click up. Like, click (laughs) click up. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, okay. um, Don't know what to do with this. I mean, it was back in the 70s. Like, you were like, this is a phone operator. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? It might not even been him. It could just been somebody. Yeah. Like trying to be. Because people do that all the time. They do. They do. And we'll learn later on that this does become a thing that happens. Yeah. So, on July 31st, 1969, the San Francisco Examiner, San Francisco Chronicle, and Vallejo Times Herald each received an identical handwritten letter in an envelope with a return address. Beginning, Dear Editor, I'm the killer of the two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Herman. The letter contained details from the Zodiac Killer's murders that only the killer could have known, and the killer went on to threaten further attacks if the letters weren't printed on the front page of the papers. Each letter closed with a symbol consisting of a circle with a cross through it in what would become known as the Zodiac Killer's symbol. Symbol. The Zodiac Killer's symbol. The letters were also each accompanied by one part of a three-part cipher that he claimed contained his identity. He sent it to three newspapers. Mm-hmm. So there's a three-part cipher. And each newspaper got one part of it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, he was like, if you solve it, it has my identity in it. Um, so this cipher that he sent to these three news stations would mm-hmm. be sent to the top experts in cryptology, but they weren't able to solve them. So mm-hmm. like they sent them to the people that I they needed to. I wonder if that's still out there. What? The, Those letters. Yeah. 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 Like, they haven't had somebody come maybe try and solve it, or they so, just don't talk about it, maybe? So, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in, in, in part two. So, Chelsea I will find out today, thing. but y'all oh, won't okay. find out for, like, two weeks. Sorry. Um, but, yeah. So, 
which and we're about to get to it right now too a little bit awesome okay so you get to everybody gets to know a little bit about it this episode so several days later a high school teacher named donald hardin and his wife betty were able to solve the 408 symbol cipher it read i like killing people because it is so much fun it is more like ratchet. He's mm-hmm. ratchet. Like let let us just say it is so much fun. It's so much fun. He's ratchet. Okay, like he's not. Mm-mm. He's like I forgot to mention that. I mean, he's ratchet. Obviously, he's a yeah. murderer. But like, he's doing the most. Okay. So yeah, it is more fun than killing. Or wait, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. Betty is credited with discovering two words or phrases that a code breaker expects to find in the message. And these are called cribs. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is, but yeah. So once cribs, it's like two words or phrases. So once cribs are discovered in a cipher, Mm -hmm. it can quicken the process. And Betty predicted the message would begin with the word I and that it might even contain the phrase, I like killing, and she was right. So, like, she guessed, okay, it probably starts with I and, like, something about killing. And so, when she figured that out, she was able to then kind of go through and figure out this cipher. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead, Betty. Betty and Donald at the kitchen table. I wish I was that smart. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, it's crazy. And they don't even say what Betty did. I don't know if Betty was a housewife or like a homemaker, but mm-hmm. like he was a high school teacher. They didn't even say, and Betty was the one who did it. So come on, sis. Somebody tell me what Betty did. Now, another thing, mm-hmm. the couple that he shot in July, mm-hmm. did they, did he survive and she die? Or? Yes. I didn't even say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he survived. And that so like the hippie type, that was what he said to the police. And I didn't say that whenever I was talking about it because I thought that I would put that he survived on there. I mean, I figured but he I did the way you were talking. Yeah. So, yeah. So Darlene, so Darlene dies. And Michael survives. So they get to him in time. But yeah, she didn't make it. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, he got shot so many times. Yeah, got shot even more. Yeah. But I guess the way that... Because she was driving. So... And he pulled up to the driver's side, I believe. So I think he... I think she may have took the brunt of it. No, he parked behind him and got out. Yeah. But he pulled up, he walked up to the oh, yeah, driver's yeah. side. Um, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think, I don't know. I don't know how he survived it. Yeah. Getting shot that many times. Um, but, but he did. He did. So... Now, we are moving forward to September 27th, 1969, so a couple months later, Mm -hmm. on the shoreline of Lake Berryessa near Napa, California. So, 22-year-old Cecilia Shepard, a fifth-year music major, which I'm like, hey, Mm -hmm. hey, sis, Mm -hmm. that fifth-year music major, (laughs) and college college student at La Sierra University, and her 20-year-old boyfriend, Brian Hartnell, who was a Pacific Union college student, 
were picnicking in a remote location by the lake. This one, this one's a bad one, y'all. I mean, I guess I should have done a trigger warning for the whole thing, but anyway. Um, so they're picnicking at the lake, mm-hmm. and Cecilia noticed a man was approaching them wearing a costume or sorts with a hood and a long bib holding a gun. So, like, the hood, it wasn't just, like, a hood that, like, came down to your neck. It, like, came down to your chest, and it kind of curved at the bottom, like a baby bib, but it was, like, a full hood. Yeah. With the, you know, so, you know, there's this guy in this hood holding a gun in the middle of the day at this lake. Ugh, like... Yeah, that's creepy. You know, what on earth? So he appeared to be taller than six feet with a heavy build. And the man told Brian and Cecilia he was an escaped prisoner from either Montana or Colorado who needed money and their car to flee to Mexico. So Brian would then offer this man his wallet, car keys, Mm -hmm. as he asked, but they weren't taken. So, you know, like he's doing everything that he's telling them to do. You know, okay. And... Um, instead of taking the car keys and leaving, like he said he needed to, he tied, he made Cecilia tie up Brian with plastic clothesline. And then the man tied her up as well. So like at this point, like they've been talking for several minutes as well. Like he's giving them the keys and then he's still talking to them. And then he's like, tie him up. He makes her tie him up, and then he ties Brian up. Then he began stabbing them with a 10 to 12-inch blade repeatedly. Goodness. Like, y'all, it's so bad. So Brian was attacked first, being stabbed six times. Then he attacked Cecilia, stabbing her 10 times. I mean, oof. Yeah, that's... Being stabbed is like, I don't know. I just can't. I would not want to be stabbed. No. Which I don't think anybody would. Yeah, like, nobody's, like, begging for it, right? But, like, it's... I would almost rather be shot than stabbed. At least it's, like, quick. It just pow. It goes through you or it stays at whatever. But, like, the stabbing? No. 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 So, (laughs) my anxiety is, like, flying up thinking about it. So... Okay, so... Cecilia was trying to fight back. And so she was stabbed multiple times, like she was stabbed more than Brian, Mm -hmm. while Brian played dead after his attack. Oh. Yeah, which is smart. That is smart, because I've always said, if I ever got in a situation like that, I was going to play dead. Yeah. I mean, like, and what do you do? Because you don't know who you're going to end up in that situation with, like, God forbid you ever do, but you could end up with somebody who's going to like stab you 50 times or just a couple. Like, is it someone who's like really taking a lot of things out in this killing Mm -hmm. or are they just wanting to kill you, be done and run off? Cause if that's the case, or they're enjoying like the feeling of it going in and out. Right. So like if it's just somebody who's just gonna do, do it a couple of times and run off, then like playing dead is key. But if they're going to just keep stabbing you, then, like, you got to fight back. Yeah. So, you just don't know. But, yeah, so he played dead. She fought. And so she was stabbed more times. And afterwards, once again, he simply walked away and left them to die out in the remote area. You know, 
how did he even find them? I don't know. I don't know if he was trailing them yeah, and stalked them or if he was just, just driving randomly. Around. Yeah. Randomly. I bet it was random a lot. Yeah. I have no clue. So they've been stabbed. He's gone. Not long after this, a fisherman heard the couple screaming and alerted park rangers. By the time they arrived, Cecilia and Brian were able to untie themselves. They waited patiently for an ambulance to arrive, both in critical condition. So, like, they're down bad. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, they down here, stabbed, waiting on the ambulance to get there, and the ambulance would finally arrive almost an hour later because they were so far out. Yes, so they're just laying there dying, Mm -hmm. you know, after this guy found them. So, about an hour after the attack, the killer, the claimed killer had called Napa police. So here you go again, calling people. Real quick, did she die? I'll get to it. Okay. Yeah, this time I actually do get to it. Um, He called to take full responsibility for the attack on Brian and the murder of Cecilia from a payphone in downtown Napa and told the police where to find the bodies. The cops raced to the phone booth where the call came from, mm-hmm. but the man was nowhere to be found. He was gone. Of course. Yep. And they were able, but they were able to get fingerprints from the payphone. So when police arrived at the scene, they found the handwritten message on the door of Brian's car. The message listed the two dates from the Faraday Jensen and Farron Majo assaults and added the day's date as well for Brian and Cecilia's attacks. So, yes, Cecilia passes away, mm-hmm. but Brian lives. Um, you know, and if you notice, it's kind of seeming like maybe he's attacking the women more than yeah. he is the men. Now, in this case, she fought back. So, she may, it may have just been that she was mm-hmm. stabbed more because she was fighting. Yeah. Um, but it does seem to be more women motivated. And then the men, he's just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. You know. Not that he's not trying to kill them, but it just doesn't seem like he's as motivated to kill them as he is the women. So, the tire tracks at the scene showed that the killer had pulled directly behind the vehicle and footprints from someone wearing size 10 and a half wing walker shoes. Uh, these shoes were used by aircraft mechanics when they walked on airplane wings, hence the name, like wing walker. Mm-hmm. So, I guess they're made to like... You know, like they're gripped. They have like certain grips on them so that you can walk on the wings of airplanes. So over a million of these shoes were manufactured in 1966 due to a contract between the government and Weinbrenner Shoe Company for the Air Force and Navy. This told authorities that the suspect must have weighed more than 210 pounds. I'm not sure how they came to this conclusion. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe because the shoe size? That or like the how deep the imprint imprint went? Yeah, I was wondering, like, is it the impression of like how, you know, but I guess like, I don't know. I guess it was either that or they're like, okay, well this, but I mean, some, some people just have big feet. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know exactly how they came to them. it. The imprint probably. Yeah. Like maybe the imprint. Because I mean, size. that makes sense like that they could do that. Yeah. Like, if you put the size shoe down and put, like, weight on it, so mm-hmm. much weight, and if it's, like, the same depth of the actual one. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, he's, like, between 210 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, maybe it's something like that. And then maybe the height that, um, you know, 
that the guy told them that Brian said with the size shoe, maybe they came with it up with it that way. I don't know. They never did say, but I think we're on to something <laughs> one way or another. So I'm wondering if he thought they were still in the vehicle when he approached, figuring he would just use the same method to attack them as he did David and Betty Lou, and then realized no one was in the car. So then he decided to find like the owners of the car mm-hmm. and found them by the shore and then was like, okay, well, you know, but he had the rope with him too. So I don't know if he's coming prepared or if he's like, I'm going to tie some people up today. Like, I don't yeah. know. But the way that he started out was the same way that he did David and Betty Lou. So detectives would later find three young women who had noticed a strange man in the area a few hours before the attack. An incident report was filled out by one of these women, and she states in the incident report that a man driving a light blue Chevrolet with California license plates, who looked to be about six feet to six feet two, would pull into the same area that they were located, like they were in a parking lot, Mm -hmm. and the man drove past their vehicle and then backed up so their rear bumpers were nearly touching. Mm. See, I don't like that. Mm -mm. Um, Like... They're, so they're just sitting in their car in a parking lot, and then this guy backs up bumper to bumper with them, and you know, and then he just drives off. But it's weird, you know. So I guess he sat there for a minute at least, because you know, if he was just backing up, but I bet it was like an empty parking lot, and he just like backed up yeah. like that to them. Mm-hmm. So the women would later leave the parking lot and head to the beach. So shortly after, they noticed the man watching them from the edge of the trees. So like this man has followed them to the beach. Mm -mm. Okay, after about 20 minutes, he came down by the beach and passed the women about 20 feet away and walked in the direction of south to north. And this man was described as well-built, nice-looking by the woman following the report. She Mm -hmm. was like, he was cute. Uh, She said he was wearing a black short-sleeved sweatshirt bunch in the front and a Mm -hmm. t-shirt hanging out the back with dark trousers um by 4 30 they had left the beach and the man was gone so cecilia would die within two days of the attack her funeral service was attended by hundreds of mourners brian recovered and became an attorney in the in in the southern yeah in southern california it's like a cycle yeah all the women die and then they, the men survive. Yeah. Now, it doesn't always happen that way. Right. But, but it seems... The thing about the whole women being targeted. Yeah. Like, it seems to be fitting the MO. So, Brian would give many interviews, many interviews within the first couple of years of the attack, but he is no longer speaking on the case with the media. So, mm-hmm. like, he did it for a while. Yeah. And, um... You know, he was just like, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't blame him. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. So no one knew, but just two weeks later, the killer would find another victim. Mm -mm -mm. And, you know, I was going to go a little bit further, but now I'm thinking this is a good stopping point because I was going to get into this next one and then have to stop it right in that point. So that is part one. Uno. Of the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. So we will have to see what, what happens, happens next. Yep, in those two, after those two weeks. So we will keep you updated on that. 
So yeah, that is the hundredth episode. That's crazy. I know. I know. It doesn't seem like, you know, we were thinking about it the other day and it was like, oh, we've been doing this, like this episode, (laughs) doing this podcast (laughs) nonstop since we started. Yeah. Like we have not taken a break. Because it was a year. In July. July 7th. 7th. So we're coming up on two years. Not crazy. It is crazy. It doesn't seem like we've been it pod, like doing this podcast for that long, Mm-mm. but we have. We've taken like a couple. Like when I had COVID, we had to obviously do some replays. Yeah, or but I mean, we've been hustling. Like, yeah, we've been we've been burning them out. <laughs> we've been doing it. We've been doing the thing. <laughs> we do what we do. We do. <laughs> we do what we do. Okay. That that one's for uh, Stephanie. Oh, yes. We do what we do. We do what we do. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, thank you all so much for listening. Yeah. We hope you enjoy listening to us be goofy and crazy. Know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say that we're the most resourceful podcast oh. out there. You know, we're, I do research, you know, but it's for fun. We just enjoy doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's just. So it's like, oh my gosh, I gotta get, I gotta dig, 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 you know? Yeah. Like we take, like, I take it seriously. Like, you know, like we, it's, it's serious to us, but we also want to have fun. And so like, we're not going to be the, (laughs) we're not going to be the podcast, like my favorite murder or somebody who's got like, you know, like the obsessed network where they're like hardcore Hardcore going at it. Yeah. I mean, you know, that doesn't mean we love it anyone like. Yeah. Less or no, absolutely. We love doing this. We but love a true crime. Yes. You know, it's bad that we love it so much. Yeah, we do love it. But, you know, yeah. So we just have fun doing it. And, you know, we just do it out of enjoyment. So please don't think that we're like trying to be like historians or yeah. give you, you know, we just like doing it. It's yeah. just fun for us. It just does. We do what we do. We do what we do. So. Hashtag do what we do. <laughs> hashtag we do what we do. Um, so, yeah. You all can email us at amillionmurders at gmail.com if you would like to put in a request, ask some questions, give us revisions. If we said something wrong and you know that because you live in that area or, you know, your aunt's from that area, whatever anything you can email us at ameliamurders at gmail.com and you can also check out our instagram ameliamurders and look at the pictures of the people places things our facebook page and facebook group i thought i forgot the word (laughs) yes facebook group you can also check out those we try to you know post some things as much as we can remember to anyway yeah here and it's it's very here and there but you know if we forget something or mm-hmm. then we'll try to make sure we update you all um and if you don't have email you can message us on facebook yeah. or instagram just whatever yeah. Which, whichever one you have yeah and instagram's at a million murders mm-hmm. and um you know obviously a million murders on facebook and everything and yeah, I think that's it. So thank you all so much for tuning in for our 100th episode. Woo! And we hope you come back for a, a million, million more. more. Bye.